When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. 7-17 left in the second period. Vegas up 4-0 on Dallas. They got three goals in the first 7-10 of the first period. Ottinger was pulled. Wedgwood came in. Jamie Benn was kicked out early for a cross-check on Mark Stone. So Vegas trying to go up. 3 nothing in that series. The Blue Jays have indeed finished off a victory over Tampa Bay. 21 is the final. Toronto 20, Tampa Bay 1. They got six runs in the fifth. And just to get some insurance, they added nine in the top of the ninth. So they were already up 11-1. Tampa should have punted. They really should have. Halftime in the NBA, Miami trying to sweep the Celtics, leading at 56-50. So a uh, quick look at the scoreboard there. 7804960063. We go now to the CertainTeed hotline. The pros choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation and ceiling systems, CertainTeed Pro all the way. Love talking to this guy. Hope to meet him in person someday. Uh Craig Morgan is on the line. Craig, it's Reed. How are you doing? What's going on, Reed? Good to hear your voice. And I always forget, is it do you say it Phoenix Sports or do you say PHNX Sports? Thank you for asking. It's PHNX. Okay, P, P, I always, in my head when I see it, I think Phoenix Sports, but I'm like, I think Craig told me you say all the letters individually. So anyway, that, that's who you're representing. You cover the Coyotes. Uh, love having you on the show. I'm going to start because I, you know this is the situation, Craig, and I've seen your Twitter. You've been doing a lot of hits like this. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> yes, I, I have. <laughs> you, you haven't been talking as much actual hockey as you would have liked. So I'll start, though, with a fun uh, well, it can be any sport. And, and here's how I'll preface this. We had the long overtime game between Florida and Carolina late last week. Our CFL team, the Edmonton Elks, played a preseason game yesterday. It was delayed by half an hour because of all the smoke from the fires in Alberta. And then there was rain at lightning at halftime. So halftime lasted about an hour. <laughs> so but what's the longest game you've covered, either for overtime or because of other delays? Something come well, to mind. Boy, I, I I apologize. I have to think about that because I I can't. Yeah, part of it is the Coyotes don't play too much playoff hockey. Reed. Right. So, <laughs> that's way back in time to try and remember. I mean, I I remember some overtime games in 2012, but they didn't last all that long. So I apologize, but I'd have to do some research. I yeah. I haven't been in one of those marathon situations. I can tell you that well, at least not covering the National Hockey League. Well, and that's an year. answer in itself, because if you had a four, five, six-hour experience, it would have been a story that popped into your head right away. We don't we don't yep. all have one, which is... Now, did you watch, do you stay up and watch if an NHL game goes deep, or do you have a point where, okay, man, i got to go to bed and I'll get the score in the morning? No, nope, I'm watching to the bitter end every time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's fun, right? It just reaches a point... 
for me anyway, when the, like you feel like no one's going to score, and then when some do, someone does score, it's almost shocking. It's almost like, wait a minute, how did that happen? <laughs> right. Yeah, almost anticlimactic. But listen, it helps to be on the uh, Pacific time zone, right? It, it, at least uh, I've got an advantage in, in terms of time unless we have, you know, like a five-overtime game or something like that. But it's an advantage there. And, yeah, this has been an incredible postseason. It's wild to think that both of these series could end in sweeps, and yet they've been very tightly contested games up until tonight's game, which is not looking so much like that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the, all the overtime games and last night being one nothing, But, yeah, Vegas, despite only having 14 shots, like I was saying, they're up 4 nothing. Okay. Yeah. So – uh, the Coyotes, I, I know it's a very detailed story, but I, I, I'll kind of, well, you know the drill, kind of summarize it for our audience. Tell me what that vote meant, and, and now we, where where is the team at after the the result of that, that vote and some of the other things that have happened? Yeah, the vote on those three propositions that would have given them uh, the right to start building an arena and entertainment district in Tempe was... Defeated and defeated soundly. It was quite a surprise to the Coyotes, to the city of Tempe, to the campaign. I had been told by people that they believed that they had at least a 10-point lead, which is yeah, raises questions about the polling service that they hired <laughs> because they clearly were not accurate. I mean, it was the other way. And, and listen, we're talking about a margin still that was about 4,000 votes, so why it went that way is it's, that's a very nuanced answer. I'm not sure how much time you want me to spend on that. I don't think the Coyotes did as much as they could have done on the campaign trail in terms of messaging, investment, and time spent. On the flip side, the the opposition ran a really effective campaign. I'm not sure it was honorable. There were there was a lot of misinformation. There were flat out lies told at times, but. It was effective, and I guess that's the game in politics. The game is to win, and they did win, which means that that deal is dead. They will not be going to Tempe. Where they are right now, my understanding is Alex Morello is not looking to sell the team. The league is not looking to force him to sell the team. They are giving him the opportunity to try and find another site. They believe that there are other viable sites, and they are exploring that right now. But I can tell you they are on a timeline. And, and listen, Gary, Gary Bettman is not going to set a timeline for him. He's not going to say it publicly anyway. But you have to know that the Board of Governors is pressing them at this point because this has gone on for far too long. I have to believe that the Coyotes have to have a plan in place by the start of next season or the wheels are going to start spinning on an alternative. Uh, okay, no, is it correct by or, or refresh my memory here? Did they not sign on for five years at Mullet Arena? They signed a contract for three years plus the option for a fourth. Oh, sorry. Okay. They can get out of it. They can get out of it. It's not like it's binding where they can't walk away. Um, the NHL has already said that they will be playing at Mullet Arena next year, so we know the Coyotes will be back next season. But the question is, you know, when you go into that season, if you don't have a plan in place, is this a lame duck season for the Coyotes? Like it was when they left Winnipeg that that one year. We have to wait and see how this all plays out. Again, there are a number of options on the table. I I don't know how deep the Coyotes are into those into that exploration. Obviously, they knew that there would be plan Bs and they'd have some options. But you, you really can't go too far down any of those roads because if if Tempe had got wind of the fact that they were exploring something else in detail, it's not a good look. So they're under the gun right now. Uh, how, how did you enjoy the games at Mullet Arena? 
It was uh, inexperience. It's it's clearly not an NHL arena. It's not a long-term solution. They thought it was a temporary solution, and hopefully it still will be for their sake if they can find something else. But for for what it was, I mean, it's a fantastic college arena. ASU did it really nicely. It's, it's a spectacular college arena, one of the best I've been in. And it was a lot of fun. It was it was intimate. You were right on top of the action. They really didn't have a large enough press box for the press, so we let, literally sat on the rail above the uh, – the 13th row, which is all it is. It's 13 rows in the lower bowl and the suites above us. So you're right on top of the action, and it was full. It was fun. I had a lot of fun covering games at Mullet Arena. Okay, Craig, I'm going to ask you an incredibly – well, it's going to sound like an incredibly sarcastic question, but I have to ask it, and I I think you'll know where I'm coming from. If the Coyotes left the Phoenix area, left the state of Arizona – who would miss them? There's a pretty good fan base here. I know that's that's the joke that gets spun, uh, you know, nationally, even across the border, because they weren't drawing well in Glendale. But if if you go back to when they were at America West Arena, when they were downtown, they had really good crowds. I think those first three seasons they were averaging over 15,000 fans. It just became untenable for them financially as a tenant in somebody else's building, in the Phoenix Suns building. As you know, there's not a single NHL team that plays as a tenant in somebody else's building. Either the NHL team owns the arena or the owner owns both the NBA and NHL team. NHL teams, more than any other of the major North American sports, rely on the revenues that come directly from the arena. So the Coyotes had to find a solution way back then. They tried to get it built in Scottsdale, and that was still a negotiation when Steve Ellman got a sweetheart deal from Glendale and decided to go west. If you remember all this, Richard Burke, the owner at the time, said, it's not going to work. You're going to need to buy me out. It won't work economically. And Richard Burke has told me again and again, everything that has followed with the Coyotes for the past two decades was a product of that decision. They weren't making enough money, so they went through this string of owners that couldn't sustain the financial losses year after year. They couldn't invest in the product because they weren't making the money. So, again, everything that followed was a product of that Glendale decision. They tried to get it right here, but unfortunately, heavy voters said no, and like I told you earlier, the Coyotes didn't exactly run a very good campaign either. Yeah. Man, oh, man, that's uh, (laughs) – that's – that's that. That's tough to hear because you. I, I mean, I, and you're right. And I, I, I know how that question sounded, but I wanted to get no, your it's answer. Okay. And yeah, I but, like given the context of it because yeah. I don't think people understand why they're in the situation they're in. Um, and again, when they were downtown, there was a lot of a lot of excitement around this team. But you know how it is too. Like when they played in Glendale, again, the revenue wasn't there. So how do you build a winner? A winner is important to attracting fans as well. And they just couldn't do it on a consistent basis. When Dave Tippett was here for those three years, however, and they made the playoffs three years running, you remember what it looked like then too. I mean, the whiteouts were incredible. The place was packed. Yeah. So when they're a winner and when they're in the right place and when they have stable ownership, yes, they can succeed. Yeah. Okay. So, well, this is this is tough, right? Because you see all these articles. Well, they're Salt Lake City, Houston, can't. So you're still pump the brakes on that, man. Like you're, they're, they're, you know. Yeah, I mean, with within reason, right? Within a, a certain time frame. I I don't believe that the board of governors have a lot of patience with this situation. Where they're like, oh, you didn't find anything this fall. Yeah, go ahead and take another year. I don't think we're there anymore. I think it's gone on far too long. But yes, I do think they are going to allow them a short leash to try and find something else. Okay, well, I, this is a this is an interesting update, and 
but I like to tell you sum that up because it has been this ongoing story, and you, I mean, you get it. You and I have talked before. For Canadian fans, it's just, it's just like, well, why? What's so hard about it? You know, just go. Just, just, no, I know our our arena situation here in Edmonton was was a difficult one to build the arena, but sometimes the perception north of the border is, well, the fans don't care, and that's why the arena isn't getting built. But you're saying yeah, it's not, that's not that simple. Yeah, and if you look at the market as a whole, too, look what's happened here since the Coyotes have been here. Um, you know, I know that Gary says this all the time, Gary Bevan. You don't have Austin Matthews if you don't have the Coyotes. You don't have Matthew Nyes if you, you don't have the Coyotes. You can, you can make, you know, you can talk about a bunch of other things as well. Um, if you look at USA Hockey statistics every year, Arizona's top five in the growth of youth hockey and the growth of women's hockey in the nation. So they're having an impact there. And then look at the fact that we have a Division One college hockey program at Arizona State University, that never happens without the Coyotes. So, yes, there are all sorts of signs that this is a hockey market. If it's done the right way, it just hasn't been done the right way. Yeah, which which, which is which is tough to hear. Okay, well, Craig, uh, you do a great job covering the team and covering this story. I, I know you wish you, <laughs> you didn't have to talk about this as much as you, you probably do, but uh, I, I know you're all over it. So thank you so much for doing that, and uh, thanks for always – I mean, we probably have you on uh, – four or five times a season so i always appreciate that you're available too so thank you so much no problem reed love talking to you so thanks for having me that is craig morgan updating the coyotes for phnx sports a uh, good overview there of what's happened well not just in the last couple of years but in the last couple of decades and why the coyotes continue to have arena challenges it is 747 21 seconds left in the second period in dallas four nothing the golden knights taking it to the stars tonight we were back with name the animal on inside sports Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, 10 to 8 here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. A little animal by Def Leppard coming back from break is we're going to do uh, one of my favorite segments. It gives my life meaning. Uh-huh. It is award winning. It is Name the Animal. Uh, the brief summary of how this works, Kellen is going to uh, put an animal sound on the radio, and I will have to name the animal. This is uh, purely for educational and entertainment purposes. You can participate, but you don't get anything if you're right or, or help me get it, and uh, no wagering, please. Mm-hmm. And I will add the because we got a little bit of time today. We have uh, I'll add the uh, lifeline rule as well that we had a, a couple times back. So you can ask me for a lifeline. Well, uh, I ask you questions all the time. Yeah, but we can officially just call it the lifeline. So. Okay, I don't understand what's happening, but that's okay. <laughs> so here we go. Get ready to name the animal. Ow. Did you like to hear that again? Yeah, it's a mouse. No. It's a duck. It is not. <laughs> Mouse and duck are very close, by the way. Well, Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck were friends. That's why I went there. That's the whole noise. That's the whole noise, uh, yes. It's a gerbil. It is not. It's a uh, It's a hamster. Uh, it is not. Play it again. Sure. It's, it's a loon. No. It's a... Uh, 
I thought I heard water in the background there. I always think it's a bird. Play it again. It's a, it's an otter. No, it is not. Uh, it's uh, it's a beaver. It is not. Uh, okay. And now I, I got to start asking some questions here. It, Would you like to was, use your lifeline now? <laughs> was that water in the background? Uh, no, that is not water it, in the background. That other noise, it's, it's just a very windy day. Where it's a very uh, so it's on yeah. the plains then. Yeah, it's on the plains. Okay, so it's not it's not a bird. It is not definitely not a it's bird. It's definitely not a not a bird. And it's it sounds that noise makes me think it's a small animal. Is, is it a is it a feline? Yes. Is it a jaguar? Uh no. <laughs> is it a leopard? No. Is it? Uh, I think we had leopard once before. Yes. Or we had cheetah, maybe. We've had cheetah it's, before. It's yeah. not a cheetah. Okay, so it's some sort of a feline. Mm-hmm. It's not a house cat. A uh, little bit bigger than a house cat. A little bit. Bi- is it a bobcat? Uh, no, a little bit smaller than that. This is the. Well, uh, the, the this is, thanks. I really don't know how big a bobcat is, Kellen. I hate to burst your bubble about my you, level of intellect with bobcats. Would you like the lifeline now? Oh, you've prepared a lifeline. I have That's a prepared lifeline. Oh, yes. I have to specifically ask because I usually just ask <laughs> you for hints about is it furry? Is it bigger than a dog? So it's some sort of a feline. Mm-hmm. It's smaller than a bobcat. Yes. And I'm not sure exactly how big bobcats are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's bigger than the average house cat. Yes. So there's some kind of cat I can't uh, think of. Is, is, is it domesticated? No, it is not it's domesticated. In the wild. Are they in the wild in Alberta? Uh, they better not be. <laughs> oh, they're a deadly animal. Yes, they, they can be. Is it some sort of a tiger? Uh, no, it is not. Okay, give me the lifeline. Okay, so what you are listening to is the child or the infant version of the animal. Tonight. Is it a lion? Yes, it is a lion. So that's a baby lion. It is. It what's, is the, a, what's the what's the specific name of a baby lion? Uh, it's a lion. A Leo. No. Uh, should I know this? Y- you should. Oh, a cub. Yes, there it's we a, go. It's lion a lion. Cub. It's a yes. lion cub. Yeah, he's saying, "I'm hungry and I'm going to eat you when I get bigger." That's right. That's the he's translation you up, of that. That's what he's doing. Yes. From lion to English, I have the lion to English translator mm-hmm. on Google. Okay, well that that was educational and I hope entertaining. Yes, I had fun. I don't know about everybody. Well, else. I had fun. You had fun. We got 14 people listening. I'm going to assume at least half of them had some form of fun. Mm-hmm. So that was a lion cub. Lion cub, yeah. See, that's clever, Kellen, that you took an animal and you did the the baby version. Yeah. It's like Baby Yoda, Grogu mm-hmm. in The Mandalorian. Yeah, because, so. you know, the, the, to get the sound effect of, like, a, the, everybody's heard, like, the MGM lion. The MGM lion, lion. that's exactly how you know? lions sound. Exactly. Yes. Unless you're watching Strange Brew and he's already, you know, past the 0.08 <laughs> limit at the beginning of the Did movie. they have the lion belching at the beginning? They did, yeah. Right, I'm yeah. trying to remember that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that was uh, another edition of our award-winning segment, Name the Animal. We had a uh, lion cub for you here on Inside Sports. That was pretty good, Kellen. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's good work. Okay. Uh, well, by the way, I asked, I, I'll ask you, Kellen, sure. if, if uh, 30 years ago I would have told you right after Montreal won the Stanley Cup, I would have said to you, no Canadian Stanley Cup for 30 years at mm-hmm. least. 
Uh, there's a team in Vegas and there's a team in a 5,000-seat arena. What were you found the hardest to believe? Uh, probably, honestly, the team in Vegas because it looked like the Vegas was just going to be, oh, that's the gambling city, and then yeah. it was going to die out like uh, Atlantic City has now, yeah. basically. So, well, know. and then the, the pro teams were like, well, we don't want to go to Vegas because of gambling on our sport. Right, the, exactly. You know, match yeah. fixing and all that yeah. kind of stuff. To, to me, I, I don't know. The 5,000-seat arena, I could have... I honestly maybe could have seen happening. No Canadian team winning the Stanley Cup. I would have found... I mean, we're going against the law of averages a little bit now with that. Right. All right. So Vegas up 4 nothing. Uh, there's a what is there a few seconds left in the second period? They left us. They they said we are officially in the second intermission now. Yes, right. Uh, but there's still time on the clock for the second intermission because there's a bunch of rough stuff there. So they said go cool off. Blue Jays 20, Tampa Bay one is your final. Heat lead the Celtics 61-58 in the third. Have a good night.